All right. Well, welcome again to everybody in the room. I know y'all were like, y'all walked, you walked away for 30 seconds and now you're back. But welcome to everybody who's watching later online as well. And hey, if you're in the room, will you give it up for everybody who's watching later online, a part of the Keys Church family online? You're just as much a part of this church as anybody else. And so we're glad that you're with us this morning. I said it a minute ago to the people who are in the room, but we're wrapping up a series this morning that we've been in since right after Easter. So this is the fourth week now that we've been calling Bridges, Bends, and barriers. And the whole idea of this series is navigating what's next. And so in the series, we've talked about obedience, and we've talked about doubt, and we've talked about obstacles. And if you've missed any of those and you're interested in catching up, you can do that at keyschurch.com where you can watch any of our past messages. But I'm going to dive in this morning. We're going to dive into God's Word. We're going to land the plane in this series. I'm going to give you the title of my message today. The title of today's message is The Power of persistence. And so if you're a note taker, you can write that down. I forgot to say that on the back of that connection card is a spot to take notes. So if you want to take notes, you can do that. But I want to start off with a question for all of us this morning. I'm actually going to ask us a few questions, but I'm going to start with this one. Are you trying to get to what's next? And I know that probably seems like a really obvious question (laughs) that feels like it probably has an obvious answer because we've been talking about navigating what's next for the past few weeks, but I want you to really think about this. Are you trying to get to what's next? Because a lot of times in life, I think what's next just kind of happens to us because life keeps going. And we just always assume that we're going to get to what's next, but here's what we know is true, that a week from now, a month from now, a year, 10 years from now, you could actually be in the same spot, the same position that you are right now if you are not actively trying to get to what's next. And so are you trying to get to what's next? And I think a good question that that we can ask ourselves that's kind of an indicator of if we're trying to get to what's next is this, what are you believing for? What is it that you're believing for? What is it that you're hoping for? Right? Maybe you're in here this morning and like you're believing for a career change (laughs) of some sort. Right? Or you're, you're believing for financial breakthrough because you're sick of living paycheck to paycheck. Maybe you're believing for breakthrough in your marriage. You're, you're believing in restoration in a relationship. Right? Maybe what you're believing for is you're believing for healing because of an unexpected diagnosis or because of a chronic illness or maybe because of an addiction But I believe that if we went around this room and we asked each and every person, there is something that you're believing for. There's something that you're hoping for. And if there's something that you're believing for, if there's there's something that you're hoping for, then I want to ask you this question, then what are you asking for? And the way that we would talk about this in church and the way we would talk about it as followers of Jesus is, well, what are you praying for? Because we all pray at times, even if maybe... You wouldn't call yourself a Christian, even if you're not so sure about the God and the Jesus stuff. There's been that time where you're like, well, I guess God, if you're real, (laughs) you know, will you just come through this one time in this one area? Even people who don't consider themselves religious, they pray at times. And so what is it that you're praying for, that you're believing for, that you're hoping for, that you're asking for? And what I know, though, is that's kind of a loaded question. And the answer varies for everybody. And there's kind of this spectrum. And the reason for that is because this, we've all experienced unanswered prayers. 
Every person in this room. Every person watching online. We've all experienced unanswered prayers. Where we prayed for something and yet that thing didn't happen. We prayed and it felt like it bounced off the ceiling and came right back down and hit the floor. Where we prayed for the financial breakthrough and then we lost the job. And our house got foreclosed on. And we prayed for God to heal the marriage, but then your parents still got divorced. Or your marriage still fell apart. Where you prayed for healing and yet the person still passed away. Right? We've all experienced unanswered prayers. And I I get it that we feel that way. But notice I I have the word unanswered in quotation marks. And it's because this this is what I believe. I don't believe there's any such thing as unanswered prayers. There's just not. And here's what I believe the truth about prayer is. This is the truth about prayer. God says yes, no, or wait. Those are the three things that we hear from God. Because there are times where God says yes. And we see the breakthrough and we get to see and experience and be part of an answered prayer in that way. And it is amazing. And those are always mountaintop moments, right? But here's the hard truth. Sometimes God says no. And sometimes He he says no for our protection. I don't know about you. There's things I've prayed for that I look back at and I'm like, God, thank you for not answering that prayer. Right? But sometimes he says no and we have no idea why he said no. Like we have no clue at all. And we're probably never going to understand why he said no on this side of eternity. But then there's also times where God says wait. Where in the moment he's not saying yes and he's not saying no, but he's just saying wait. And I've had these moments in my life as well. Moments in which I prayed for something and I just assumed or thought that God was saying no. Or I assumed or I thought that the prayer was going unanswered. And then in the next season of life, months later, sometimes years later, God answers that prayer. Because sometimes God says yes, sometimes God says no, and other times God says wait. But here's the thing. Like I said, there's no such thing as unanswered prayers. This is what I believe is true. Prayers don't go unanswered. The answers go unrecognized. (laughs) Because we're always looking for one thing. And that's us to get what we asked for. We're only ever looking for the yes. We're only ever looking for God to work in the way that we asked Him to work, to move in the way that we asked Him to move. And when we do that, we're treating God like a genie. And our prayer and our wish and what we want, it's His command. You know? Like God, I mean, I asked for it. Give it to me. And here's the thing. If that's how God actually operated, our lives would be wrecked. (laughs) Because we don't always ask for what's best for ourselves, do we? And so this is what I believe. Prayers, they don't go unanswered. They just go unrecognized. But here's the problem. When they continue to go unrecognized, and maybe God is telling you no, or maybe God's just simply telling you wait, and you ask, and you ask, and you ask, you begin to get discouraged. And when you begin to get discouraged, it can lead you to just say, well, I guess I'm just going to give up. I guess I'm never going to get to where I'm trying to go. I I guess I'm not going to be able to navigate what's next. I guess I'm not going to be able to take a step. I don't think I'm ever going to be who I feel like I'm called to be. And so we end up giving up. And so I want to ask you this morning, have you given up? And you don't have to answer out loud. You don't have to write it down. Like, just be honest with yourself. Have you given up? Are there areas in your life where you've given up? 
Or are there things where you've given up? And maybe you're in here today and you're a Christian and, and you believe and, and you believe that God's good and you believe that God loves you, but you're like, I just don't do the prayer thing because well, I've just kind of given up on it. And that shouldn't be the case. And so today, I want to talk about what it looks like to not give up. And to do that, we're actually going to look at the words of Jesus. And so we're going to be in Luke's account of the gospel, which is just Luke's account of Jesus' life. We're going to be in Luke chapter 18. And Jesus tells his disciples a parable. And a parable is just a made-up story that Jesus would, would use when he would talk and when he would teach to, to illustrate, to show, to point to a spiritual or a divine truth. And so Jesus teaches this parable to his disciples, and this is what it says. In Luke chapter 18, starting in verse 1, it says, Then Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray and not give up. We get right here on the front end of this parable what it's all about. This parable is meant for his disciples. And here we are 2,000 years later. It's meant for me and you because Luke recorded this for us. It's meant so that we would always pray and not give up. But to give you some context to where, where Jesus was talking, what he was talking to his disciples about and what brought about him telling this parable, at the end of chapter 17, Jesus is talking about when he's going to come back, when he's going to return one day. And his disciples don't necessarily understand. He's talking about the kingdom of God coming to earth, the, the second coming, what we would call the end times. And so here at the beginning of chapter 18, because they're a little confused, he's encouraging them. And he's encouraging them to always pray and to never give up. No matter what your circumstances look like. And so Jesus jumps into the parable and this is what he says. He says, In a certain town there was a judge who neither feared God nor cared what people thought. And so here, here's this town and there's the ruler, there's the judge over the town. And he's not exactly a good guy. He doesn't fear God, and he doesn't care what people think. We would call a judge like this a crooked judge or a corrupt judge. He's not, he's not a good person. He's not a good judge. He's only out for himself. He doesn't actually care about justice. He cares about his position, and he cares about power. And so he's character number one in this story. And then here's character number two, and there was a widow in that town who kept coming to him with the plea, grant me justice against my adversaries. And so here you, you have this widow, character number two. And to put into some context for us, her being a widow was a big deal. Like it's not the same as it may would be for us here in our society where it's just, well, it's just a, you know, a woman who unfortunately has lost her husband. No, being a, a widow in this society would have, would have been a, a huge hit to your so, social and economic status. Because now she probably has no source of income. She has no covering. She has no protection. Her identity is being a widow. And so it says that this widow, she keeps coming to him with the plea. And why does she keep coming to him? Well, probably because he's not paying her much attention. Because again, he's a crooked and a corrupt judge. And all she wants is justice against her adversaries. She just wants justice. This is what it says. It says, for some time he refused. So that's why she continued to come. Because he just continued to refuse. And he likely continued to refuse because she was a widow. What was she going to do? 
As far as we can tell in the story, she doesn't have children. She doesn't have sons. She doesn't have anyone advocating for her. She likely doesn't have any money, so she can't give him a bribe. He has no reason to give her justice because he is an unjust judge. He is corrupt, right? So for some time, he refused. But finally, he said to himself, well, even though I don't fear God or care what people think, and so like Jesus just really doubles down on this, like this is not a good dude. <laughs> like he thinks to himself, like I don't, I don't even care about God or about what other people think. Yet because this widow keeps bothering me, because she won't leave me alone, because she's super persistent, because she's kind of pestering me, I will see that she gets justice. Not because I'm good, not because she deserves justice, but because she keeps bothering me. I'm going to see that she gets justice so that she won't eventually come and attack me. And when I read that, I was like, that's hilarious. Why in the world is he worried about this widow attacking him? And turns out the, the word in the original language here, which I'm not going to say because I don't know how to say it, but it literally means to give someone a black eye. Which is crazy, right? But it's actually a figure of speech. So it would be like if somebody was pestering you and you're like, bro, you're killing me. Quit it. You know, like, it's just a figure of speech. Because this judge, this man in power and authority is not actually worried about a widow attacking him. Jesus is just doubling down on the fact that she is annoying. <laughs> Like he, he has had it up to here with her. Because she keeps coming. Day after day after day after day after day. And he's just like, you know what? Like I'm done with it. Like I'm going to give you justice just so I don't have to see you anymore. Like that's really the only reason. And Jesus says this. He says, listen to what the unjust judge says. Listen to what he says. Because what did he say? He said, I'm going I'm to give her justice. Because of her persistence. And Jesus says, And will not God bring about justice for his chosen ones who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? That's a rhetorical question. Right? Jesus is making this point. If this unjust judge, if this crooked judge, if this unholy, unrighteous judge is willing to give justice because of the persistence of a widow, how much more is a loving, caring, holy, heavenly Father going to give you justice if you persistently come to Him? His chosen one, His child who cries out to Him day and night. And He says this, He says, I tell you, He will see that they get justice. So justice is coming because Jesus says it's coming. And he says, and quickly. And as I was studying this week, one commentator was like, let us remember that and quickly means in God's timing still. Like not our timing, right? Because nothing's quick when we're waiting on something. Right? Because we're impatient. And the point isn't that it's actually going to happen quickly. The point is that it's going to happen. That's the point. That there will be justice. And then Jesus ends with this. He says, however, when the Son of Man comes, when He returns to the earth, Will he find faith on the earth? Will there be faith? Or will there just be a bunch of people who have given up because they prayed and they thought it went unanswered, but really it just went unrecognized? And so the question for me and you is this, will we be faithful or will we give up? 
Because it's going to be one of the two. Are we going to be faithful or are we going to give up? And if we call ourselves followers of Jesus, the goal is to be faithful. It is the vision of this church that we want to see people set free from sin to become who God created them to be. You can only become who God created you to be by being faithful. That's the goal for each and every one of us, that we would be faithful. So what's it going to be? Are we going to have perseverance? Are we going to be persistent like the widow? Because here's what I believe. I believe there is power in persistence. And here's why. Because persistence allows us to push forward. Persistence allows us to continue to take steps. Persistence allows us to navigate obstacles and to get to what's next in our lives, to get to where we want to be, to become who it is that God has created us to be. And I know you may be thinking, well, that's great. What in the world does persistence look like? (laughs) Right? Like, how do we push forward then? Persistence equals prayer. Jesus literally says it in the parable. That's what the whole parable is about. It's so that you would be persistent, so that you would not give up, and so that you would always pray. Not sometimes pray. Not pray occasionally. Not pray every now and then. Not pray when it's a big decision, but so that you would always pray. Persistence equals prayer. This is how we push forward. This is how we take the next step. And here's what I believe with all my heart. is that prayer is the best way to navigate what's next. It is absolutely the best way to navigate what's next. And here's what I know though. For the majority of people in this room and the majority of people watching online, when you're facing something in your life and you're facing a big decision and you know, You're asking people for advice. Like our least favorite thing to hear is pray about it, right? Like, it's like, come on. Like, really? Pray about it? Because really what most of us like to do, and I'm guilty of this too, by the way. So like I'm just telling on myself right now. Is that we like to process it out loud with other people. We like for them to confirm what we were already feeling. And they'll be like, yeah, I prayed about it. It's like, did you you pray or did you talk with Dave? Like... Like, which one is it? I think Dave just told you what you wanted to hear. Like, that's not God. And don't get me wrong. There's a time and a place for wise, godly counsel. Like, we need that in our lives, but not as a substitute for prayer. Because prayer should be a non-negotiable. Because prayer is a game changer for me and for you as children of God, as followers of Christ. And here's why it's a game changer. It's because the more we talk with God, the more aligned we become with God. That's what prayer is. It's a conversation between us and our Heavenly Father. And the more we pray and the more we talk with God, the more aligned we become with Him, with His will, with His way. It's why when Jesus taught His disciples to pray, He said, pray that God's kingdom comes and that His will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Not that our will would be done. Not that we would get what we want. Because it's not the point of prayer. Prayer is so that we would align ourselves with God. I'm going to tell you all something this morning that maybe some of you watching online, maybe some of you in the room, like this is going to blow your mind a little bit. But this is the truth 
Did you know that prayer isn't for God? Prayer is for us. God doesn't need your prayer. God is not any more or any less God when you pray. Prayer is for us. And does God desire for us to pray? Absolutely. Because He loves us and He wants to be in a relationship with us. But prayer is not for God. Prayer is for us. And why is it for us? Again, because it is aligning us with God. You see, this is what prayer is all about. Uh Uh-oh, I skipped a slide. There we go. Prayer is about aligning our heart with God's heart and trusting that He knows best. That's what we're doing in prayer. We're aligning our heart with God's heart and then, and then we're trusting that He knows best. That maybe He actually is God. That maybe He cares more about me and my life and my circumstances than I do. That maybe He really is holy and above it all. And so I'm choosing to trust that. And so I'm aligning my heart with God's heart. I'm saying, God, it's your will. It's your way in my life. That's what we're doing when we pray. And when we pray, we are pouring into and we are fostering our relationship with our Heavenly Father. Because that's what prayer does. It strengthens our relationship with God. And it helps us become who it is that God's created us to be. Because here's another thing about prayer. It's this, that our relationship with God is more important than our request to God. Our request and what we want, those things are all secondary to getting into the presence of our Heavenly Father. They're all all secondary for us pushing forward, for us having perseverance, for us taking a step, for us trusting and leaning in. Right? Our relationship, it's more important than what we're requesting of God. Because prayer is not about what you want. And prayer is not about what I want. Here's what we need to know. That prayer isn't about getting what we want. It's about getting what we need. Because each and every one of us are still in process. Each and every one of us haven't made it yet. Each and every one of us are still continuing to try to take steps to become who it is that God created us to be. And so prayer pushes us forward in that process. Prayer isn't about getting what we want, but prayer will always, always, always give you what you need. Because it will bring you closer in your relationship with your Heavenly Father. And it will align your heart with His heart. Prayer gives us what we need. And what is it that each and every one of us need? We need to continue to take steps towards God. Every one of us. There's not an exception in this room. There's not an exception walking online. There's not an exception of anyone on this earth who currently has breath in their lungs. We all need to take steps towards God. And we simply take steps one day at a time, one step at a time. I've said this before. It doesn't have to be big leaps and bounds. It's just being faithful. It's doing something simple, like making a commitment to not give up. Making a commitment to pray. Because what we need 
is to continue to take steps towards God. And the good news of the gospel is that we can take steps towards God because God has already taken steps towards us. Jesus made a way where there was no way. He came and he lived the life that we couldn't and he died a death that we deserve on the cross. But then he rose to life on the third day. He defeated sin, death, and the grave, making it possible for me and you to become children of God. We can take steps towards God because God bridged the gap. God made it possible for us to be in a relationship with him. And maybe you're here this morning, maybe you're watching online, and your next step is to step into a relationship with Jesus. I want to give you an opportunity to do that this morning. Will you bow your head and pray with me? Father God, you are good. Lord, I'm so thankful, God, to be able to be in this place, to be able to be worshiping you today. Lord, if there's anybody in this in this room, if there's anybody who's watching later online and they would say, that's me. I know my next step is to step into a relationship with Jesus because I've given up. And I don't want to give up. And so maybe they're stepping into a relationship with Jesus for the first time. Maybe they're returning for the first time in a long time this morning. I want to give them the opportunity to do that. But no, it is not a prayer that saves you. It is the posture and the position of your heart. But if you're ready to take that step this morning, you can just, to yourself, in your mind, you can just repeat a prayer like this. Father God, I admit that I'm a sinner. And I accept your free gift of salvation. And I believe that Jesus lived the life I couldn't and that he died a death that I deserve on the cross. I believe that he rose to life on the third day that he defeated sin, death, and the grave, and now he's in heaven with you. And because of his finished work on the cross, one day I'll get to be in heaven with you too. God, I promise to follow you to the best of my ability for the remainder of my life. In Jesus' name. God, for the rest of us in this room this morning, God, I, I pray that we would be persistent like the widow that we would continue to move, that we would continue to take steps towards you. God, that we would not give up, but that you would find us faithful. That's the desire of our heart. So God, in these next few moments, as we continue in prayer, as we continue to worship, we just pray that you would come, that you would have your will, that you would have your way in this place, that you would move us to take whatever our next step is. Because we all have a next step to take and that you would give us the courage to take that step. God, we love you. We praise you. We pray all of this in the powerful name of Jesus. Amen. What's up, everybody? Scott Lawrence here, the lead pastor of Keys Church. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's message. It's our prayer that it blessed you and that it helped you take a next step in your relationship with Jesus as you continue to become who it is that God created you to be. We would love to connect with you on social media at Keys Church FL. And you can find out more information about Keys Church at keyschurch.com. We hope to see you in person soon. The best is yet to come.